AI is here to stay. So how do we embrace that and use it as a collaborator, editor, tool, uh, service to better my work rather than to be afraid of it? Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Renita Ora, and she's an award-winning screenwriter, novelist, and audio producer. Based partly in San Francisco and partly in Los Angeles, Passionate about storytelling, the Indian native, Renita writes characters and themes that reflect the South Asian experience, whether set in South Asia or in the Western world. As a writer, she has contributed to Reuters, South China Morning Post, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNN, Times of India, Rolling Stone, National Geographic, Kids, Cartoon Network, Asia, Disney, and more. And as an on-air news reporter, writer, and producer, she has contributed to Bloomberg, RTHK Radio 3, Monaco Radio, and the BBC. She's done a lot, which is amazing. You'll get to hear more about all of that. And she's also a limited partner in the How Women Invest Fund, which specifically invests in women-owned companies. And she is working on her next novel and has recently launched Chapter by Episode, a digital publishing platform for immersive chat fiction stories with diverse themes. And of course, we're going to dig into a lot of that, but we're going to talk about all of the various different things that she does with writing and being an author and screenplay writing and the awards that she's won, but also kind of take you on a marketing journey and what she does in her world. So stay tuned for that. But first, it's time for the Marketing Essentials Moment, the basics that you need to help you continue to build your brand and your bottom line. Today's topic, I wanted to address why using video marketing and having video in your marketing strategy and plan and budget and timeline is such a good idea. We know that 91% of businesses use video as a marketing tool. This is according to Weisel's most recent state of video marketing survey. And we also know that people sometimes either lack the time or talent to create great video content. And people sometimes don't know where to start with creating great video content. So there are lots of reasons why we can help you in what we can do. There's also people who uh, just are kind of never in that realm before. They've never been in a place where they've had the ability to create video before. And so walking you through that process is definitely something that is helpful in thinking about storyboarding and scripting and if you're going to cast actors or not, or if you're going to do video testimonials where it's interview style and candid, authentic interview style versus something that's produced and put together uh, for the videos. And thinking about how you can purpose that video long-term and repurpose that video and utilizing it to the best and leveraging the videos that you're getting captured. So I can give an example. There is an assisted living facility. They have a multitude of different buildings across our valley. And recently they came to us about helping them create a video strategy and thinking about all of the different ways that we could go about 
incorporating video into helping to tell their story, whether it's a video news release doing something cool. They have bucket lists that their residents get to uh, participate in. And one example is a hot air balloon ride or a ride in a old airplane or something of that nature, something that's newsworthy, something that's visually stimulating that they get to do. And so thinking about how we can capture that footage and use it in multiple t- different ways, doing a company overview, doing a tour of the facilities, interviewing the people who are the residents there, interviewing the company CEO or the spokesperson for the company, talking to the care providers that are there and utilizing it as a recruitment tool is another idea that you can use and leverage the different types of video that you're going to capture over time and thinking about how you can continuously use that for your social media, slice and dice it up and render it out in the various different formats for all of the different social media platforms that are out there. Uh, Because when you do a story, it's more of a rectangle than if you post it on Facebook as a feed, then the video that's posted there is going to be a different format. It's going to be a different size. And by the way, posting it natively inside the actual formats um, and platforms themselves gets more views and more traction. So you want to render out each video for each platform. Pinterest is different. You can do Pinterest videos as well. And so repurposing and also addressing the audience that you're sending it to. A TikTok video might be very different than a Pinterest video, for example, or a video Video that you're going to post onto your website. Usually TikTok videos are short little snippets that give useful information in a short period of time, whereas you can have longer form video on your website or on your social media or your YouTube channel, which we know that Google owns YouTube. And so utilizing YouTube for your search strategy is also a tool that you can use in video marketing. So thinking about how you can use video to help increase your brand awareness and how you can help tell that story and use video as it's your own salesperson 24-7. You know, sometimes people are researching late at night. They can't get a hold of somebody during the day. And so you can have a video on your website that could then be used in perpetuity and continuously be there when people are looking and researching for information. Lots of good ways that you can use videos and thinking about how you can put this into your strategy and plan. And even if it's over a period of a long period of time, if your budget says, you know, we can't necessarily do all the things that we wish to do, but maybe if it's a strategy for a long t- period of time where you're capturing B-roll footage, A-roll and B-roll, back in the news days, they would have actual tape that they would have an A tape and a B tape, and they actually still call it B-roll, even though everything's now digital. But the idea of shooting footage of actions and events that are happening with your people and the community surrounding them. People love to see people on videos and motion. The the motion can attract eyeballs on what's being seen and then making things audio agnostic. So thinking about how you can create and capture a story without necessarily having the audio turned up. So thinking about how you're going to place the captions that can be on the video and knowing what platform on TikTok, on TikTok, people tend to turn the audio up more than they do on Facebook, for example, and other different places and platforms. If you have the ability to have captions, that's going to help get your video out there and 
allow the story to be told. And you're also being inclusive for people who may not be able to hear or who are hard of hearing can now actually watch your video as well and understand what's going on because you have the captions. So you're doing uh, lots of multitudes of different things to help get that story out. And of course, utilizing that video in your strategy can really give you long-term results. So it is a long game, but having some calls to action and crafting the message with calls to action to get and inspire people to do the things that you wish for them to do when they watch your video. Another thing is once you've got videos created, we want to track the results. When are people dropping off? Are they watching the full two minute or six minute video? Uh, is it a 90 second video? Is it a 30 second video? Is it a 60 second video? Are they getting all the way through it? Or are they stopping it along the way? Um, what is it that's capturing their attention, right? You have like 50 milliseconds to make a good impression, a first impression before people want to, you know, continue to, to doom scroll. So if you can capture their attention, get through the noise and clutter of everything else that's out there that we're inundated on with messages and emails and text messages and all of those things, right? If you can find a way to get through all of that and test it, test what, what works, what doesn't work, what's going to continue to work. When you post the videos, the time of day that you post them, and every social media platform is a little bit different. So understanding when to post and how often to post, all of those things are things to consider when you put your video marketing strategy and plan and budget, and when you're going to post and, and promote the posts and sponsor those posts and pay advertising dollars so that you can, you know, we all say we have to pay to play now because that's just the way to get through to people more and more. And you can specifically filter who you want those messages to get to. So what can you do to incorporate video in your strategy and plan over the time, over a time period? And how can you track it to make sure that you're getting the best ROI, return on marketing investment, or ROMI, Romi, return on marketing investment, what can you do to have impact and continuously have impact on the video content that you are having produced? If you need help with this, of course, reach out to us. We're happy to help. Uh, Peppershock.com. And also inside the Marketing Expedition community, we have lots of good resources and information and guides on how to help you create messaging and videos and thinking about all the things that you could incorporate into a video production plan and strategy and all of the things. So with that said, though, let's get into the interview and hopefully we are uh, helping you in this journey that we are all on in our marketing journeys together. Let's go. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition community, and of course, the host of this podcast. And today's guest, we have Renita with us today. Renita, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ray. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. Well, thank you. And you get to call from the, the sunny state of California. Is that right? Well, uh, that's a partly yes answer and a partly no. The yes part is I'm definitely in California. <laughs> uh, and no prizes for guessing the no part. It is foggy and miserable outside. Oh, darn it. Yeah, it's been cold here in Idaho too, for sure. Well, listen, I would love for you to share a little bit about you and you're an author, you're a writer, you're a producer, a screenplay writer. Uh, just give give our audience an, an overview 
of what got you to where you are now. And I know you've got some accolades and some wonderful things to share. So tell us, tell us about your journey, Renita. Tell us how you got started into this industry and uh, where you want to go from here. So yeah, start from the way back to now to where you want to go. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you, Ray. Um, it's it's hard for me to be honest to even think about where to begin. Um, <laughs> at some level, I have been a writer in every way, shape, and form in every part of my career journey, every job, everything, every I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when I was fully full time employed in corporate America when I was running businesses independent, I mean, it's yeah. writing has always been the consistent thread. Um, and I have been a writer of books. It started with books nice. um, many years ago in, in the mid 2000s, uh -huh. in the early two, yeah, two, 2010 ish, somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, started out writing nonfiction books first and then fiction books I had a long time career as a broadcast journal journalist, mostly radio. Uh -huh. So certainly with the advent of podcasting or the transition perhaps, or the, or the, the graduation of audio from radio to podcasting was very much, you know, rode that wave and that got me into podcasting and writing for audio, um, which then got me into writing for video or visual or screenplays, I should say. Right. Um, so it's definitely been an evolving journey and um, it, it's been very frustrating, exciting, exhilarating, all those yeah. words. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can imagine. Yeah, exactly. And along the way, and they continue to be. And I think you know, I don't know how to accurately answer what got me here, but let's define here as this particular podcast interview for a second, yeah. which is about marketing. Yeah. And I think throughout this, the one thing maybe coming from sort of a business background where I've been employed elsewhere, or I, I don't know, personality type A. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. I, we're, we're in, we're in yeah. good company. <laughs> uh I've never been one to sort of uh, like the traditional writer sort of sit back and say, okay, I need to find an agent. I'll wait here until somebody accepts my work mm -hmm. because that is a hit or miss journey. Right. I've had agents. I, I have not had agents. Mm -hmm. I, I know what it's like both ways. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And the thing is, even when you so-called have the support, have the team, have the, I's dotted and the T's crossed according to what you're supposed to do or what you think you're supposed to do, it doesn't always work out. So the truth of the matter is if you're not always out there marketing front and center, building your own business, and actually that's it, thinking of it like a business, this is a business and like all businesses, I need to build it, I need to market it, I need to sell my product or service, mm -hmm. you know, in, in my case, my products. Um, then it's just not going to go anywhere. <laughs> right. Right. Well, let's talk so, about some of your, your products yeah. that you, you know, as you said, products, and we, yeah. let's talk about some of the things that you have accomplished and the things that you've written and, and some awards that you've received and uh, the screenplays. I mean, I'm just, there's so many things that you get to do and I would love to hear 
some some things that you're most proud of that you've accomplished and the books that you've written let's let's hear about it yeah absolutely so um let's talk about this year since it's coming to a close yeah <laughs> um and it's most recent in the last year i would love to point to let's say a couple of projects um or maybe two or three projects, which have been sort of a mix, if you will, of book, audio, and screenplay. Mm -hmm. So Operation Mom, which is my YA comedy story, uh, was published as a book by Gen Z Publishing. That did really well. It went on to win five awards this year. Congratulations. In the, in yeah, in the early part of this year. Very exciting. I had never won a book award before this year. And then I actually wrote a screenplay. I adapted the screenplay from the book. I'd been thinking about doing a narrative fiction podcast, but never quite got there. Uh, but the screenplay won several awards and was uh, picked up by a producer a few months ago. And that is a project that we've just about started working on for next year, awesome. along with other projects. Shadow Realm is a YA fantasy fiction story, which I first wrote the books, but then I didn't actually publish them. I What I did was publish uh, the podcast series, which I wrote, produced uh, myself. And it was then picked up by uh, an audio company called Spoken Lear, who funded me for season two, which is being released as we speak. Uh, in that, so, so this story has evolved, although it started off as a book series, it really, the evolution that you can point to today, uh, or the aspect of the evolution that you can point to today is actually a narrative fiction podcast, which is out in the world. Um, but there's also a screenplay version and a graphic novel version. I've just about optioned the screenplay. So that's another project for next year. And because it's a, let's say a bigger story, which is um, franchisable uh -huh. in an ideal world, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the whole idea is that, uh, you know, with that option agreement, we actually pitch it to different media, audio and video game, film, TV. I mean, just yeah. different platforms that we can, um, call upon to basically bring the story to audiences. Well, it's interesting that you are doing that because people will absorb the material in many different ways or, you know, what's their favorite way. Some people love to listen to podcasts. Some people want to look at the written book, you know, some people, yes. yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's interesting now how you can repurpose what you've done and recreate it and have multiple ways of of well eventually making money at it but multiple ways for people to absorb what it is that you've written and how you've told the stories right and and mm -hmm. now even more there's there's so many more platforms that just keep prop, copy, you know coming up all the time right i mean there's augmented reality now and there's you know i mean all the different things that you could do what's your favorite yeah. what is your favorite medium oh my goodness <laughs> um <laughs> It's hard to say, but I am just gonna go with saying audio is yeah. perhaps something I'm very comfortable, most comfortable with or very comfortable mm -hmm. with because I've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. I've been a radio journalist for years and years and years, yeah. you know, before, yeah. uh, definitely in a past life now, but for years. And 
even when I write a story, if it's in screenplay form or manuscript form, I speak it out loud uh -huh. first or as I'm writing it, there doesn't have to be somebody else in the room. I could just be doing it to my, you know, with myself, but that's the way I can synthesize it in my head, the yeah. way the characters work, how their di dialogue sounds, or no, he wouldn't talk like this, or no, he'd be a little bit, you know, more anxious or angry or whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. That's how I develop it is out loud. It's, and back in the day and still, um, especially with comedy stories, mm -hmm. I will take that raw material that I develop in a room just like this yeah. <laughs> yeah. by myself and I'll take it out to open mic nights. Oh. And not so much because I'm aspiring to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. We only have so many hours in a day, right? <laughs> um, but because I want to test it on audiences ah. and I find that, you know, if I can get laughs from the audience or if they get it or if, you know, it resonates with them, then it's working. Then it's not me, the writer sitting in my silo thinking, oh, this is, I'm just lost in my story world because right. it, it shouldn't just be me, right? And it's not as if to say that there are not other platforms or vehicles that you can do that through. Of course, I'm part of writing groups and critique groups and, you know, both for screenplays as well as books, but those will take longer and they tend to be smaller, meaning a critique group or a writing group will have five, six people mm -hmm. at the max, mm -hmm. usually average, right? Whereas if I can go to an open mic night and there's an audience of even like 20, mm -hmm. um, it's a place to test my material and what have I got to lose? Right. And if, they, if, they laugh, if they laugh in the places that you want them to, that's good. And even if they laugh in places you didn't intend for it, right, then you've got something, yes. yeah. Exactly. And if they're not laughing at all, then, you know, okay, you know, I got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, that is the true method of good feedback when people are willing to, you know, actually laugh at what you want them to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So you, so you've, you've done a series of, of books and then the screenplay. So tell me a little bit more about the process that you go through when you want people to, to pick up your work like i know you said you know sometimes you use an agent sometimes you haven't are you are you just you know sitting behind your computer sending lots of you know material out to people like tell me what you do to get your work in front of the right eyeballs what are some tactics you've taken that have helped you get to where you are now with these awards and i mean how did it happen for you yeah, you know, a lot of it, Ray, is just grassroots, mm -hmm. not exactly knowing what you're supposed to do. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which might not be the most strategic um, thing to do or answer, you know, that I should be giving. But the thing is, if I rely, I, I have always said, if I just like rely on what I know I'm supposed to do, then yeah, everybody else is doing that too, Yeah. right? So yes, there has been a lot of me sitting at my desk, sending things out uh, and then thinking, you know, this is not efficient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what may have worked for other people before may not be working now. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it, it's an evolving world, right? I mean, what we used it to is. be able to do back in the day to get something in front of somebody is certainly now they're getting like 10 million things in front of them. And so you have to stand out and you have to be a little disruptive and maybe thinking differently than what everybody else does is a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, 
I do find that speaking on podcasts such as this, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great way to get um, information out there about my projects. Of course, even as I say this, I heard this awful statistic recently, just a couple of weeks ago, about the average listenership to podcasts and how it's decreasing. And I was like, oh gosh. So I'm constantly looking for ways. I mean, you know, doing a newsletter, doing, you know, building up my email list, mm -hmm. that's another way to do it. Of course, a lot of people get newsletters and a lot of people get emails. So I am constantly looking for ways to interact with my audiences. Mm -hmm. um, I won't just send newsletters willy nilly, but, you know, really listen to what people are asking for. Do they want bonus material? Do they want to be part of the story? Can they contribute? Will they contribute? Mm -hmm. I, um, because I like interacting with audiences, as I said earlier, yeah. I will go out to schools um, you know, I write a lot of young adult materials, so mm -hmm. I actually have school visits and, you know, there's information about all of that right on my website. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a school visit tab and events tab. I'll go out to festivals. So a lot of it is that kind of traditional getting on the road, going out to meet your audiences. Of course, that came to a standstill during COVID and there was yeah. a lot of online stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, so it tends to be a bit of a mix and match, if that makes sense. Totally. Well, and you're right. What what might infiltrate the right eyeballs may not always be the same thing because different eyeballs have different ways of uh, absorbing that information. That's yeah. good. So tell me more about the process you went through when you submitted for your awards and, and like what benefits have that has that given you because you've gotten these five awards now? Like what has that done for you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, uh, firstly, you know, it's like as a writer, I, I, I just never know enough about, uh, certainly about what I'm supposed to be doing. Sure. <laughs> you know? um, so I didn't know, it didn't occur to me that awards were out there and I was supposed to submit for awards. Um, I ran into um, the folks from the Chanticleer International Book Awards in a hallway at a writing conference, huh. literally. And I was holding my book in my hand and she's like, what's that about? And we started talking about it and hit it off in the hallway. Wow. And she was like, well, you need to submit it to us for review because, you know, you're going to need reviews. It, it hadn't been published yet. Mm. You know, it was the publishing was upcoming at the time. She's like, you're going to need. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I was focused on, um, you know, Amazon and ARCs and getting readers there and sort of mm -hmm. doing guerrilla marketing, you know, for those readers and that getting those reviews, but I hadn't focused beyond that. I was like, oh yes, yes. So I did that and I got this outstanding review, five-star review from them. And they said, you should really be submitting it for these award cat these awards. And yeah. there are three specific award categories that you should be submitting it for. One is romance, one is young adult, and one is humor or satire, that particular book. Yeah. And that's sort of what woke me up to this. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to sort of wake up and pay attention because... I was working with an indie publisher and the publisher was doing great, but the publisher certainly was not doing any of this and right. looking for awards and reviews and, yeah. you know, marketing opportunities. Right. Um, they're small indie publisher and, you know, 
their job is to publish the book. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. of course, what happened then I realized is that I had woken up really quite late in the day and I had missed the category for several other awards. So it's really been a learning process. And some of these I've discovered are awards that you as the author can submit for. Some of them are awards that you cannot, your publisher has to submit for, but then it's, it's a matter of me working with my publisher to say, hey, publisher, can you please submit? You know, mm -hmm. but it just, I've just been learning sort of yeah. on the job, if you will. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Well, and that's and, kind of somehow we always have to do it, right? And, and yeah. Along the way and pick up pieces and parts here and there of what, what you could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, you know, it. how does it affect you? It directly translates to sales. Directly, yeah. the more reviews, the mm -hmm. more people read, the more opportunities you, prov you know, provide to readers, you know, about yeah. your book. Um, the more that that will result in sales and, you know, book, pu book publishing, that is, is it's a very, you know, you, I, I think unless you're Michelle Obama or some kind of New York times bestseller, you don't just get rich and certainly not overnight. <laughs> right. it's, it's a process. It's a long you know. game for sure. Yeah, yeah <laughs> That's exactly. Amazing. That's why I just have to say, I am uh, impressed and, and I just love that you have now been able to go through that process and get some awards. And that's what I always say, ratings, rankings, reviews, referrals, and then rewards. Yes. <laughs> All the R words. And uh, raise. Yep, raise, raise R words. Those are, those are my favorites. And those are the best yep. ways to help accelerate word of mouth advertising. Cause everyone always says, you know, well, I just get, you know, referrals, word of mouth advertising. I'm like, well, what are you doing to re you know, accelerate that to get people talking more and following and, and doing all of that. So those are definitely really cost effective ways to be able to help promote whatever you are doing. So that's, that's really cool. Let's talk mm -hmm. about the screenplay process because it's, it's a bit different than the audio or the book writing screenplay. Just why don't you share a little bit more about what you've learned about screenplays now and the, the process that you're going through with that. Yeah, yeah. Screenplays, um, uh, just in terms of the, the content structure and development is a lot different, although, of course, there's similarities just in terms mm -hmm. of story and developing story, developing characters, pacing, those kinds of things are similar, but the, the format is different because now you're working with a finite 90 pages, 100 pages, mm -hmm. not, you know, in a when you're writing a book, you're told, oh, if it's fantasy, it really needs to be a hundred thousand words in screenplay. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you got to condense it down because people aren't yeah. going to watch a six hour movie. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So albeit this constant honing of your craft in terms of how you get it out there again, similarities and differences because Traditionally, again, you go with an agent, you go with a manager, you find representation, they find you work. But truth be told, if you sit back and wait for all of that, yeah. you could be waiting all your life. <laughs> um, you could be very lucky and just get picked up instantly. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I have found what the success I have had so far mm -hmm. and you know I'm always I don't want to say I don't want to sound like I'm greedy for success but you know there's always work to be done um is that you've just got to constantly be out there 
uh, hustling and looking for the opportunity to find that exec, find that, and, and really when I say exec, it's not any exec, there are execs are a dime a dozen. Right. There are producers, there are agents, there's all sorts of things, but it's who is going to resonate with your story. And I, I'd really like to focus on that because I am coming from a place where I write, you know, I'm, I'm a BIPOC writer. Mm -hmm. I write stories with about, you know, characters and themes of people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, in my case, specifically, they tend to be South Asian, at least from all of my own original work. It's not mm -hmm. as if to say that, you know, I won't write characters or themes that are not South Asian. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But when it's my original work, that's what I tend to do. Mm -hmm. um, and although we, the big we, uh, <laughs> the uppercase W, we think we are very sort of diverse and understanding and international in today's day and age. And we get this and we get, it's, it's not entirely true. Mm -hmm. uh, we may as a community have an understanding that there are these different communities and ethnicities and they exist and we live together. That's great. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, but understanding the peculiarities or what works or the quirks that mm -hmm. gets, it doesn't even get lost. It's just not known. Mm -hmm. Um, so honestly, if I'm pitching to somebody who has just no background at all, mm. two things could happen. One is they could be very, very interested because they could find it fascinating that it's so different, but then it comes from a little bit of that. Um, although they have a mastery of the subject, they have no idea at all about this content. So, you know, is it a good fit? But the other, th the other and more common thing is that it doesn't resonate at all because they literally have no understanding at all. Right, <laughs> and right. even if they've been exposed to, let's say, diversity, it it's, may not be South Asian or might not be, you know, Punjabi South Asian mm -hmm. or immigrant or whatever it might be, right? right. So finding that like-minded agent exec uh, manager is so important. And it's really hard to do that because even though there are services out there, which will say, Oh, here's so many agents you can pitch to. Hmm. It's not like there, it's a matchmaking service. They won't match you up. It's up to you to go dig right. into them, see what they've worked on before, see what their background is. Yeah. Do all of that research. It's, it's, it's kind just of like a job interview, you know, same yeah. thing, like to fit the company culture, to fit the I mean, I've just, I've just, I'm hiring right now. So I've been doing a lot of interviews so I can relate yeah. to that where you are. You want to make sure, I mean, they might have all of the right credentials and skill set and experience, but if they don't necessarily fit within the culture or understand yeah. where you're coming from and your background and, you know, mm -hmm. the, the values and core beliefs that you have, then it could potentially be a clash and may not fit. So very similar, seeming to find the right agent and right people that would support your work and, and then want to advocate for it and, you know, get it in front of the people that would then support you too. And so, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like, sometimes it's finding a needle in a haystack and then the haystacks move. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You could it's, not a moving, it's a moving target. <laughs> yeah. 
And now a message about one of our sponsors, Nadine West, which is awesome, affordable outfits that are delivered to your doorstep each month or however often you want it delivered. And each month features surprising new outfits that consist of items perfectly styled just for you. And you only keep what you love and then send the rest back free of charge. I absolutely love it. The things that they send me, I often keep more than not. And so for our listeners, if you sign up today using my link, you'll get $10 credit and free shipping on your first order. So go to peppershock.com offers and sign up for Nadine West and get your $10 credit. I know you're going to love what Nadine West sends to you. I even get a personal message from her asking how everything's going. Anyway, so go to peppershock.com offers and sign up for Nadine West. So let's talk a little bit more um, in kind of what's what's trending right now. What what are some things that you're seeing that um, maybe weren't here a year ago that now you're seeing like, okay, into the new year, here's some new things or new ways I'm doing things or new tools I'm using or, um, you know, new ways of, of getting into the right audience or getting the right eyeballs in front of you. What are some things that you're seeing in, in your I mean, because you've got kind of a few different aspects, but what's trending in your world right now? I think what is trending in everybody's world for better or for worse (laughs) is artificial intelligence. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this is a highly contentious Topic. It is right. I would imagine in 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 writing and yeah. all the things that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know the whole AI thing certainly existed or was began to burgeon sometime this year, earlier part of this year. You know, yeah. maybe before that we didn't know or yeah. didn't know as much. And the initial sort of reaction was, let me battle this. This is not right. This is taking away my job. This can do my work for me. I really come from a place that I don't think it's going to go away. AI is here to stay. Mm -hmm. So how do we embrace that and use it as a collaborator, Mm -hmm. editor, tool, a service to better my work Mm -hmm. rather than to be afraid of it. Right. right. (laughs) You know, it's fear of anything. It's like either you can just let it hold you back or you can just address it head on. And head on means either you battle it, which could be counterproductive also, or maybe not, or you embrace the fear, i.e. become friends with it and say, okay, how can I work with you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. Can't beat them, join them, I guess. So yeah. everyone's using it. So I guess I can yeah. too. Yeah, I know. I exactly. definitely can see the advantages and disadvantages for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the, at the start of this year, for example, I had, I'm going to talk about my podcast for a sec yeah. and I'll talk about um, sort of my written work, you know, also as another example. So let's talk about my podcast. At beginning of this year, I've got a podcast called The True Fiction Project, and I would interview, let's say, Ray mm-hmm. in this case. Mm-hmm. Then I'd have a roster of fiction writers. One of them would be assigned to listen to the interview um, and then develop, write a fictional piece based upon something they listen to in the interview. When I say mm-hmm. piece, it could be a full-on short story, it could be a scene, it could be an essay, it could be anything, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, 
monologue. Then once that was done, I would have to hire voice actors to audiofy it and sound engineers to put in sound effects, mm-hmm. piece it all together, or either, you know, or I do all those things myself because mm-hmm. I qualify in all those areas. But all suffice it to say, all of this takes a lot of time and the costs add up. Right. Today, I'm in a position where I'm using AI services, not to do all of this, but a good portion of it. Yeah, there's quite a few um, uh, programs yeah. now that can help slice and dice exactly. and take out all the ums and <laughs> make ums. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things, even when it comes to voice acting and voice, um, mm. AI voices are not perfect by right. any stretch. Yeah. You know, a lot of them sound like robots. They do. Yeah, but even over the course of the year, they've gotten better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my stories, and specifically, I'll point the ones, point out the ones that are Indian stories based in India. So I don't want an American voice, for example, right. uh, voice acting an Indian character. So even that has gotten better mm-hmm. um, because earlier in the year, I was told, "Oh well, you know, if you choose an American voice, it's going to sound less stilted and robotic." Mm-hmm. But with the Indian voices, we're not there yet. I mean, just very specific example that's also gotten better mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy <laughs> um things like generating images whether they are now for an instagram an audiogram mm-hmm. or whether i'm trying to do a storyboard for one of my screenplays do a pitch deck ah. you know to put together images or in the case of shadow realm this is a story I, i've got a graphic novel version uh-huh. but I'm a writer. So I write the s- script. Yeah. I don't, I'm not an illustrator and I'm not a, you know, uh-huh. writer illustrator who can create my own comics or graphic novels. Well, why not? But, you can you do know. all the rest of everything else. Yeah. Anita. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where AI can help you. I see. <laughs> I have though gotten to the stage where I can mess around. That's the only <laughs> way I can put it right now on whatever. December 21st, 2023, I can mess around with creating visuals, which are pretty good, you know, for my graphic novel panels. They're not all consistent. So it's not as if I could say, here, here's my whole graphic novel, you know, images. The nice thing is you have the ideas captured or, you know, you can describe what it is that you want, have the AI generator create it, and then maybe take it to an actual, you know, illustrator or designer that could take it and, you know, run with the idea that you have, that you've been able to, you know, at least get out of your mind and onto a screen in some way so that they can capture a little bit more and you get a little bit closer to what you want. But I get it that AI isn't quite there yet to where it can actually do exactly what you would like, right? Exactly. And, And then that's the other thing. And it was, you know, last year this time or earlier this year, however you want to phrase it, uh, when it came to writing, it was chat GPT and nothing else. And chat GPT still is the master, you know, (laughs) and it's all the information is outdated, right? Because they, they programmed it from two years ago. And so now everything's from, you know, two years ago, rather than what would be updated today's day. Exactly. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing you say, because the information being outdated, it seems to be outdated every month at this yep. point. <laughs> yep. Well, you would think it's machine learning. So is it going to ever learn new stuff? I mean, it seems like they would update it eventually. But yeah, I, yeah. I also teach at, at Boise State and my students, I, you know, like you said, I embrace it. They're going to use it, whether I say it's okay or not. So I, you know, give them the assignment. Okay, write this, you know, yep. essay in, using ChatGPT or BARD or any of those. 
but then I yeah. want you to write your own. And I went, well, first I start with them writing their own and then I give them the assignment to now use chat GPT and see the differences. Yeah. And yes. it's, it's really fascinating to see the difference of what they come up with through chat GPT mm -hmm. versus their own. And Correct. it's, <laughs> I can usually tell though, because the, the phrases yeah. and the way, you know, chat GPT or Bart or any of these, it's not, sometimes it's not, it's just not human. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's just very stilted and they, you know, use ridiculous words. Exactly. Which, I don't know. And phrases that you just normally wouldn't, I don't know. Wouldn't yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if you take the word by itself, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the word. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd be like, the word palpable, I'm going to say, mm -hmm. use that as an example. But, you know, the thing is, we chat GPT will tend to write paragraphs and reams using palpable and everything, <laughs> every other paragraph or whatever, you know, so yeah. you can tell, you know, it's yeah. just nonsense. Well, I always feel like it'll say firstly that, you know, firstly, and like, who says firstly, yeah. well, you just say first, first, you know, first exactly. this, first that, but firstly, <laughs> like, yeah. okay, yeah. that's gotta be a chat GPT. And sure enough, you know, you ask them, you know, well, now I just get them to, you know, cite their source. If you use it, you need to like, you know, at least cite that that's where it came from. But yeah. I always tell them it takes HI to use AI, right? Human intelligence. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. But to give you ideas, to create an outline, to do a grammar check, you know, things oh, yeah. like to clean things up, to clean up a sentence, make it more concise. I need it in two sentences or one sentence, not, you know, three sentences, things like that, yeah. where you could really use it as a tool. Mm -hmm. Use it as a tool. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, it's definitely here to stay. So like you said, embrace it, <laughs> don't fight it, but use it to your yeah. advantage and leverage what you can take from it and then uh, make it better. I always say just, you gotta, you gotta at least read it to make it better and, you know, massage yeah. the, 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 the content to make it, I don't know, maybe yeah. more, maybe more realistic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, what has motivated you to get through this industry. I mean, I know that for a while writers were on strike. I mean, it was kind of a, yeah. you know, if you care to share about that, I mean, I'm just curious, like what motivates you to keep going, to keep wanting to um, participate and be in, in the industries, really, you're going to have a couple different ones, really. Um, what, yeah. what motivates you, Renita? So this has also just changed along the way, you know, earlier on, it was like, I, I, in an early, earlier part of my life, I was working for corporate America, you know, different jobs along mm -hmm. the way, right, through my career journey. And so I always wanted to write, at that time, it started with books. Mm -hmm. And, but everything was always done on the side. It was always on the back burner. It was always, you know, um, it wasn't until mid pandemic, which is, relatively recently that mm -hmm. I actually decided to chuck my day job ah. very trepidatiously. Oh my gosh. Even as I say it now, I'm like, <laughs> kind of scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, and decide to go into it full-time. I had always been envious of people who call themselves full-time writers. And I was like, how do you do that? Where do you, yeah. where do you get the money from? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I was at a stage in my life where I'd been sort of in the workforce for so many years. My kids were 
out of the house now. I, I'm hesitant to say the word adults because I don't know if they'll. <laughs> it's okay. I have an 18 year old. I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know what? And I hadn't been writing my, my own work really with focus for a long, because the day job always takes up, you know, that that's always what's most important. And then if you've got any time, you're just exhausted. So I'm like, Oh, let me do it tomorrow. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to go on like this. I hit 50 mm -hmm. and I said, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to do this because if I don't do it and if I, let's say, live to be 80 one day and I didn't do it, I'll say I had the chance, but I didn't try. Oh, yeah. Whereas whereas if I try and I fail, at least I'll say I tried. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I quit my day job and decided to focus on writing and my writing business. I'm going to yeah. call it that yeah. all the time because it's not just the writing. It's definitely the marketing and getting out, you know, totally. getting it out there. So, um and it was nerve wracking because suddenly there's no income, right? You don't get a paycheck every two weeks right. anymore that is comfortable. Yeah. And you're um, the master of your own destiny, whether it's yeah, or bad. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. part of the motivation definitely came from that. I'm like, oh, gosh, I made this decision. I got to stick by it. I got to do it. Uh -huh. So that's part of it. Yeah. But it's also it's even since then it's evolved in the last few years. I mean. Yeah. I say this as a joke all the time, but I'm actually quite, you know, it's less of a joke and more reality. The, and that is the reality or the, the, the story world in my head is much more interesting than the real world I live in. <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> That's a quote of a moment. That's an audiogram right there. <laughs> I love it. And that is, yeah, that is the, that is the truth. And, um, you know, I I'll annoy my husband because he's like, well, can you can we go watch Netflix? And I'm like, like, <laughs> this is more interesting. No, you I want to make Netflix. I want exactly. to make. No, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So I'll just keep going. And it's like when you're in the thick of a story, be it a book you're writing, a screenplay, or you know, uh, audio season for Shadowrun, whatever it might be, it's just like you're constantly building right it's like oh no this is under oh no he's gonna get the edge of a precipice you know oh the antagonist is gonna show oh no he's gonna fall into this whatever crevice mentally physically emotionally whatever it might be right. and so it's like you can't drive yourself away from it you know it's like yeah <laughs> or at least in my case so it's just <laughs> that actually is motivating me more the love of the story rather than anything else. Yeah, that's amazing. And especially, I mean, you just seem so, so passionate about it. And I just, I love that you, you know, you quit your day job to become a full-time writer. Yeah. And that's amazing. It really is. I mean, and a lot of people aspire to do that and they haven't, and maybe yeah. they're on the edge right now of wanting to do something like that and to be their own business. Right. And, and yeah. I mean, even if you're an artist or you are any of these, you know, writers, whatever, it's, it's a step mm -hmm. that's scary to take for some people and you've done it yeah. and you have managed to make some awards happen in the, in the, you know, and, and now some screenplays. I just, I think it's amazing. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking. It's, yeah. uh, take some bravado or stupidity to do it and then to admit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, okay. So just to kind of tell our audience, where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself in the next, I don't know, year, two years, 10 years? Like, what do you want to say? I did that. This I have accomplished. I mean, you've already accomplished a lot, but I, wh where do you want to go? What do you want 
um, as a result of all of these efforts and all of this content and wonderful things that you're doing. What what is yeah. it that you want to achieve to say, yep, that's exactly yeah. what I wanted? I really want to achieve mastery of my what my story business, my storytelling business, yeah. which really is. I want it to be about my fiction, not my nonfiction. Usually, you know, when you've got a storytelling business, so to speak, oftentimes it's a nonfiction platform or something you can sell or self-help or coaching. Or, yeah. There's a lot of that. And that's not what I want at all. Um, I've, I've written a lot of nonfiction books and I've been uh, tempted to and been asked to go in those directions and thought about it. But I, again, you can't do everything. So I yeah. really want to achieve mastery over my fictional story business. And I, yeah. I, I use those words because I feel like I'm really at the stage where if there's a story that I am thinking through, I am now at a space or in a place where I can think, what is the best format for it? Mm -hmm. Is it audio? Is it video? Is it visual? And with visual even, is it, what is it? Is it a web series? Is it TV? Is it a movie? Netflix? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, but th there's a very big difference in the yeah. kind of story that, that mm -hmm. works for a 90 minute movie versus yeah. a series, a, a show that can go into a second season and a third season and a whatever. Right. right? Yeah. Um, versus a book versus a graphic novel. I mean, yeah. I, I was never in a position where I could really think through these options in yeah. terms of the story in my head and think, you know, this is the medium for it. That's <laughs> um, right. So so yeah, so that's what I would like to do is develop my stories in these different media, not here's one story and it has to be developed in all of these media, but yeah. here's a story and this is the medium for it. Right. And here's another one and here's another medium for it. That's what I mean by my overall So when you say business. you're going to master your non, or sorry, your fiction storytelling yeah. business, what does that look like to you? Is it you being so, on the red carpet? You know, is it a star on Hollywood Boulevard? What is it? <laughs> what is it to uh, you? <laughs> it, I write primarily YA, not strictly, but uh -huh. primarily. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So if that YA is, I would say, 80% of my focus. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, success would mean that kids going to school, read my stories, watch my stories, listen to my stories. I'm out there in schools with them, yeah. interacting with them. Yeah. And what I love about the younger audiences is that, you know, the stories hopefully have lasting power and can be, can can last and can exist for generations. So really, how do I write stories that are contemporary, but that will carry through mm -hmm. and not sort of be become old fashioned? Have some shelf now. life, as they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that that is, and it's a challenge. It's not like a slam dunk. Yeah, mm -hmm. click my fingers and here it's done, you know. Right. Um, but that is really what I'm aspiring towards. How do I leave this legacy of yeah. story for the school going age mm -hmm. that will, that has shelf life, like you say, and lasts, you know, for, I don't know, oh, some amount of generations. So <laughs> I know you have kids, right? You, you said you had a, 
or I guess young adults will say. <laughs> yeah. I, I have progeny. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess, yes, you have um, adult children. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. mm-hmm. I have an 18 year old. I, you're right. I don't, I'm not sure if I want to say adult yet either, but um, yeah. is this something that has, are they a part of your world? Or have they, have they participated with you in, in, in what you do and have they read your work and, I'm just curious, oh, like, are they gosh. part of your motivation and inspiration behind you wanting to do this? Or is this coming from something else? So, so, um, it, definitely it started out with me sort of being the storyteller yeah. for them to them when they were three years yeah. old and four years old and that, you know, just kind of in every household, right? Yeah. Every sort of parent journey. It did start out like that. And I have, they have been part of the journey to some extent along the way because they inspire me, you know, yeah. um, just with what happens in their lives and as characters and the challenges and the victories and the, you know, happy moments and the not so happy moments, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and even as I have developed audio, my son has helped me out by playing voices, nice. voice acting, that kind of stuff. I will say both of my kids, and I don't know that they're adults, but their children, my kids think they're adults. Yeah. <laughs> um, they will resist uh-huh. everything, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. as it comes from me. Of they course. don't want to be part of it, you know. Because it's my mom, son helped right? me out. <laughs> yeah, get that a hundred percent. And I bet half the listeners on this who are our moms and who have, you know, adult children, <laughs> yeah. definitely resonate with that for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And sometimes it's just like, you know, can you just like go away, do something, leave me, you know, just don't be my, you know, it's just embarrassing to be related to you. (laughs) Um, Oh, someday, someday they'll appreciate it. Just not today. (laughs) But, you know, the other thing as I listen to, especially I'm at a, I'm at a, I don't know, I don't have any crystal balls. I don't know how the world will emerge, but, you know, a lot of, writing peers are women, one, not all women, but many of them are women. And many of them will say things like, especially when it comes to younger age kids and they want to write picture books, they'll say things like, I want to write this picture book for my grandson and for my granddaughter and, you know, that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I've been like, whoa. But the thing is for me, because my stories are about the Indian experience, whether Mm -hmm. that's the experience in India or here in the Western world about uh, the Indian experience here uh-huh. in the Western world. Yeah. It's real. I, I see even with my own kids who've grown up in the U S there is a, there is, or there can be a disconnect to your culture of origin. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's very much what I, when I grew up, everything I knew about America was what I saw in the movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and then you'd kind of say, in conversation say, oh, that's really ridiculous, but that's the truth that to be honest, right? So I do want to create that um, storytelling culture also for kids everywhere uh, to know the stories of India and not just the stereotypical ones, because you know that the books that are out there tend to be very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Here is Diwali uh, Festival. I've done a book also about Diwali and Hanukkah. You know, I co-wrote with a friend of mine, picture book. And that's fine and good. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, but it only scratches the surface. We've got so much more to dig into. And um, 
you know, every story about India is not about um, a wedding and outfit changes, you know, on TV. <laughs> I like the <laughs> wedding stories, but that's there's so much more that we have to bring to audiences. So I, that's what I really want to yeah. do. Um, so it's, yes, my kids, but it's not just my kids. It's just kids out there from two to 92. There you go. From two to 92. I love it. Well, Renita, if people want to get a hold of you, um, how can they reach you and how can they get your, your work? How can they see what, tell us the website and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm on all the usual suspects when it comes to social media. My TikTok handle is Renita underscore storyteller. That's TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, Renita Malhotra Hora, my full name. And, um, same with threads, Renita underscore Hori, ah, Renita underscore storyteller. And with Twitter or X, it's Renita underscore story, Renita underscore story. And my website, which is probably the easiest place to go to and everything is there, all the uh, social media handles. My website, very simple, is www renita.com that's my first name spelled out r-e-e-n-f-n-n-c-i-t-a.com well thank you so much for your time with me today and of course thank you for working with me on scheduling <laughs> always a thing <laughs> um but yeah i'd love I, I i would love to be able to get this out in the world and um thank you renita yeah no thank you so much ray it's such a pleasure and i would love to is the best uh, website the best place just to check out your uh, the various things you do, social media and what, you know, serve Because uh, I'm always yeah. looking for help. Well, thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. peppershock.com yeah. or the marketingexpedition.com is the community that is powered by Peppershock. So yeah. there you go. Because so, I'd love to know, um, and I'll, I can email you yeah. what you've done for other writers and etc absolutely you know. well we'll connect and for those of you listening okay. thank you and the best thing that you can do for renita and i both is to share this with others and give us a review right renita that's always helpful when podcasts get reviews right <laughs> nothing that's like right. reviews reviews yep. are the best <laughs> thank, thank you. you all right everyone until next time enjoy your marketing journey thanks for listening to the marketing expedition podcast Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.